Hey, let me ask you. It's 2012, and uh, I shared with you last year my New Year's resolution, um, and I didn't really succeed, uh, if you can't tell. Uh, it was to eat more in and out than I've ever eaten and to get buffer than I've ever been. Um, is not happening. Uh, anybody brave enough to say, this is my New Year's resolution? Just throw it out there. Come on. Nobody? N- N- is New Year's resolutions not cool anymore? Uh, anyway, seriously, anybody? New Year's resolutions? Nobody in their whole room? Okay, Kara, what do you got? Keep your room clean? That's a good resolution. Anybody else? Derek, what do you got, bro? Good, good, good. Lay off drugs. That's, that's like really good. I like that. What, in the back? Try harder in school. I like that. Micah, did you have one? We're going to talk about that later. No, really, because that's a very hipster thing of you to do. That's good. Anyways, hey, if you're new here or you haven't been in a while, we, um, we are in, what we're doing is we're studying straight through um, the, the book of Philippians and the chapter, the second chapter of the book of Philippians. Straight through, verse by verse. We got two weeks left, and, um, and it's been a good ride. I'm excited about, about what we've been learning in Philippians chapter 2. But here's the deal. Tonight, we are jumping back into Philippians 2. Um, but really, Philippians 2 has been a book that has just kind of met us all probably at least once right where we are in our lives, right? We, we talked a lot about humility. We talked about what it means to, to serve other people. We talked about Jesus and who he is and what he's done for us. And the fact that he's God and he's always been God and always be God. And that one day God died for you and for me. And they're, they're pretty like huge, big things that we've been learning in Philippians chapter 2. Um, and so we're going we're gonna to be back in there tonight. And probably one of my favorite sections of Philippians chapter 2 tonight um, but first, let me ask you a question. How many people have ever heard the term poser? Anybody? Poser? Okay, what's the, when, when you hear poser, what's the first thing you think of? Shout it out. Go. Fake? Okay. When's, when, say that last time, the, the sentence of the last time you said that word. I'm just curious. Like, you're such a poser. I like that one. When did you say that one? I've shared with you guys before, uh, but I used to skateboard a lot. Um, any skateboarders in the house? Anybody? It's kind of a dead art. It's pretty sad. A dead, a dead sport. Who said poser? You did? I'm a poser? I've seen Ethan on a skateboard. Mm. Oh, sorry. Um, anyway, so this is actually my skateboard. I, 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 skate, I started skateboarding when I was 11 years old. And uh, I kind of stopped after I got my driver's license. But then when I started dating Candace, her brother was 12, and he was, like, really into skateboarding. And so I was like, okay, you know, i got to impress the girlfriend's brother. So um, I got a skateboard, and this is the one that I bought. It's a Zero. Anybody represent for Zero skateboards? Okay, sweet. We have, like, two skaters in the house. This is going to flop. Um, but uh, anyways, here's, here's why I say that's how I know the word poser, okay? Um, here's what a poser is in the skateboard world. A poser is a faker. Right? Like we just said. A poser is somebody, uh, and I hope I wasn't. I don't think I was a poser. I was legit, okay? Um, but here's what a poser is. A poser is somebody, because for a while they're skateboarders. I don't know. I guess hipsters haven't really totally gotten there yet, but I don't know what it is now, okay? But skateboarders were the thing. Like, you were a skater. Like, it was super cool, okay? At least I thought it was. Um, but, I mean, they had, like, everyone dressed like skaters, and it was a big deal. And so um, here's what dressing like a skater meant, like, in 04-ish. Okay, it meant, and it's all changed, but it meant this, it meant the biggest shoes you could find. Does anybody remember those days? Like, your shoes were like pillows. Yeah, check out my new kicks, and it's like, whoa, boom! And now, 
it's like get the skinniest shoes, like Toms and Vans. It's like, now it's like tiny. And here's the weird part. I, I've seen pictures of myself back in the day, and I'm like, wow. Because the other cool thing was baggy pants. Like, to where you're just like, boom, and boom. And you're like, yeah, I'm a skater. What's up? And there was a, a Jinko. There was a type of, a, does anyone remember Jinko pants? And they had like this little flame guy on the butt pocket. And the bigger, baggier they could be, the better. Um, and, and so here's a poser. is somebody who's got the kicks, the big fat kicks, and got the, got the, yeah, um, and has the big baggy pants, and then hoodies were huge, like get a hoodie with like shorty on it, right? Shorty was like a, was like a company, a skate company. Get a hoodie, pop that hood over, and get your skateboard, and stand like this at the skate park. Do, fail. Do one of these. This was super cool if you could go. But you got had guys like this. Uh, I went to the skate park, and, and, and you would hear guys on the sidelines, like, drinking Gatorade, and they'd say, like, you skate, man? How long have you been skating? Oh, I've been skating for a few years, man. Yeah. Um, yeah, see, here's my trucks. They're called trucks. I don't know why. Cars, I don't know. Um, but they're called trucks. Like, see my trucks? They're kind of grinded. That's because I grind. And, uh, yeah, you can't see the graphic on my board anymore. It's because I slide. I do nose slides and tail slides and lip slides and board slides. And, and, uh, and I even got dark slides here because my grip tape's messed up. I'm pretty cool. <laughs> but it was like, seriously, it was name the trick so you'll sound really good. And, and, and so I don't know what that is for you tonight. Um, maybe, like for me, if you gave me, um, you know, the tightest jeans I could possibly fit into and you gave me like a pea coat and a scarf and, and some Darby, Darby whatever glasses, um, is it Darby? Dar- what? Warby Parker. Warby, okay? You gave me some Warby Parkers and, and a cool, like, beanie, but I don't put it on all the way. I put it halfway, and I stood here, like, you know, and I would look like a hipster. It'd be bad. But everybody in the room who knows anything about me knows that I'm just not, right? I like Justin Bieber. I like Pop 40 Rock, okay? I like, I, I like taking a shower. I like... Um, <laughs> I really, I'm just not a hipster. So here's what I would do. You would see me and I would look the part. Just like there were skateboarders when I used to skateboard and we used to hate on them because they looked the part. But you just knew, did you're a poser. And Scott, that's cool. You know, you you got the the Darby, the Warbies, okay? And you got the scarf that looks cool. It's popped up high. It makes you look cool. And, and, you know, you you look the part, but you're, you're, you're not a hipster. You're like a, a poser hipster. You're a, you're a pipster. I don't know. <laughs> pipster? I asked Micah today, dude, what is a poser hipster? And he, I don't even remember what he said. He said, he, he, he began to tell me about ancient literature, and I said, yeah, you are real. Like, you're the real deal. <laughs> um, here's why I say a lot tonight is because I really want to just, man, I, I'm, it's kind of like this a lot when I haven't talked in a while at Refuges. I've just been thinking a lot about what we're doing here at Refuge. And for some of you that are, that are really involved and come here every week, dude, keep coming. Um, invite people to come because I'm, I'm just praying that, that 2012 is just like rock, you know, rock and roll. Jesus is doing huge things because um, here's what I want to talk about tonight is tonight in Philippians 2, we're looking at a section of scripture where Paul really addresses, gives us some gauges on how to view ourselves. Are we, are we genuine? Are we passionate Jesus followers? For you that would claim that in the room? Or are we just looking the part? Are we just posers, if we're being honest? Because I'm guilty of that sometimes. And I think probably you are too. 
Um, and so here's what I want to do. I want to jump into um, the verses. They're going to be on the screen. Um, and remember, the whole night, keep in the back of your mind that we really know how to fake Christianity. We, we do. We're good at it. So Philippians chapter 2, if you have your Bible, I hope you do. Um, but if not, they're going to be on the screen. Verses 14 through 18. Here's what it says. Do everything without complaining and arguing so that no one can criticize you. Live clean, innocent lives as children of God, shining like bright lights in a world full of crooked and perverse people. Hold firmly to the word of life. Then on the day of Christ's return, I will be proud that I did not run the race in vain and that my, my work was not useless. But I will rejoice even if I lose my life, pouring it out like a liquid offering to God, just like your faithful service is an offering to God. And I want all of you to share that joy. Yes, you should rejoice and I will share your joy. So tonight we're looking at these, this, this section of scripture and uh, some of it's maybe confusing where to get there, but some of it kind of jumps out. There's probably, at least it was for me and I'm sure for you, when you read that, there's some things that are like simple, like for, verse 14, let's just read that real quick. Do everything without complaining or arguing. That's, you, know, you don't need a Greek scholar to pull that apart. Like that's, that's pretty clear. And so tonight we're going we're gonna to hopefully pull these three things out that I really would just love us to just wrap our hearts around. And I've been trying to wrap my heart around it this week because I think I'm guilty of not sometimes. And you can tell me afterwards whether that's true for you or not. But the first thing I want to do, and just something that's kind of been on my heart, is just kind of say a statement. And, and maybe, maybe I don't know how it lands on you, but here's the thing that's kind of been burning in me thinking about you the last few weeks that we haven't had refuge. And I want you to write it down. You guys have your notes pages. Um, here's, here's the first thing. There is no age limit to God using you. That's huge tonight. There is no age limit to God using you. Here's what I mean. You guys heard of Daniel in the Bible? Maybe some of you. Daniel is like this guy who literally spends the night in a den of lions. Spends the night in a den of lions and he walks away unscathed. He walks away not touched by the lions. We think Daniel's really old. We read of this Daniel guy, God using Daniel when he's like a teenager. And yeah, you know, he, he grows up and throughout the book of Daniel, he's becoming an old man. But there's this guy that shows up in Babylon who's like a teenager. And God starts using him all over the place. Another story out of Daniel is these guys named Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. You might have heard of them. They got thrown into a fiery furnace. This furnace that was on fire and, and so hot that the guys who threw him in there burned up. And Jesus shows up for these teenagers and does something huge that even this big, high and mighty king says, I want to worship the God of those teenagers. Mark, the gospel of Mark. A lot of you guys, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Mark is a guy, when he witnessed everything he writes in his gospel, scholars say he's probably like 14 years old. Some of you in the room are 14. So, we, we hear all that, but we, do we really internalize it? We really believe it. The man, whether you're 12 tonight or 20, God wants to use you, like not use you to, to, to help somebody out maybe, but use you like in a big, huge God way. And man, the faster we wrap our hearts around that in 2012 and jump into this year knowing, dude, God's going to use me. I'm 12 years old. I'm a sixth grader at Del Webb, but God's going to do something huge in my life. I'm 17. I'm a junior at Coronado. Dude, God's going to do something huge in my life because I've recognized that and I'm willing to go. 
So tonight as we look at these, these, these factors, these, these ways to gauge ourselves, to see if we're posers or we're genuine Jesus followers. There's three of them I want to show you. Here's the first one. I believe Paul kind of lays out what Christians should do. And there's the first one. It's kind of in your face. It's out of verses 14 and 15. I think Paul is saying in these verses, Christians should shut up. Look at verse 14 and 15. Do everything without complaining and arguing so that no one can criticize you. Sometimes, for me at least, I just need to shut up. I complain a lot. I argue a lot. So for you tonight, what does that mean? For you tonight, where do you land on that? For your parents, your teachers, your siblings, your friends, as you put a badge on and represent Jesus as an ambassador of Christ. I'm a Christian, man. That's what my Facebook says. I'm a Christian. Are we full of arguing and complaining and gossiping and trash talking and yelling and making fun of? And Paul says sometimes we just need to shut up. Understand that we're representatives of Jesus. The same God we've been talking about in Philippians 2 that came and died on a cross for us. Gave his life so that we could live. Sometimes we just need to zip it. Second one tonight. And this is the one we're kind of majoring on. Is we believe Christians should light up. Verses 15 and 16. The end of 15 says, Live clean and innocent lives as children of God, shining like bright lights in a world full of crooked and perverse people. More than ever the last few weeks, I've kind of realized how, how really dark our world is. And then I'm reading in Philippians 2 in preparation for this message, and I'm like, wow, here it is. Christians should light up. We should be shining bright lights in the midst of a dark and crooked, maybe your translation says, generation. In Matthew chapter 14 Jesus talks about this too. He says, you, meaning Christians, come on the screen, check it out. You are the light of the world to Christians. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a stand, and it gives light to all in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others so they may see your good works and give glory to your Father in heaven. Here's what that means. If we're, light, if we're lit up, we're lights in this darkness. Some of us want to put our light away, right? We want to, we want to kind of hold our light off. And want to, you know, yeah, I do that Jesus thing, but come on, this isn't, not here. No, no, no. The Bible says it's like you're driving in the middle of the night. And, you know, have you ever done that where you see, you see the city? You see there's lights coming up. You see something's coming up. It's totally opposite. There's darkness and there's light. Jesus says, you, Christian, you, Scott, are the light of the world. So let others, let your light so shine before others that they want what you have. And if we really like start chewing on this stuff, it like kind of rocks our world. Are people looking at me and saying, I want what Scott Worthington has? 
I don't know what it is yet, but I want what he has. There's just something different about that dude. And it's not complaining and arguing and gossiping and trash talking. There's just something different about him. He's lit up. Here's the last one. Christians should stand up. Here's what verse 17 and 18 says. But I will rejoice even if I lose my life, pouring it out like a liquid offering to God, just like your faithful service is an offering to God. Here's what Paul's saying in that. Paul's saying, I've given my whole life to this thing. I've stood up. I've raised my hand. I've said, I'm in this thing. This isn't like something I do on Sundays. If I have to, I'll die so that people would know Jesus. I'm not sure I've ever said that and meant it. I'm literally giving my entire life, everything I am, all my desires, all my thoughts, all my actions, everything so that my friend would come to know Jesus and not be separated in eternity from God. I give my everything for that. See, I don't know if we really see eternity as that real. I think it might change some stuff in us that we would really start saying, dude, I'm gonna stand up. I'm like basing my whole life in this stuff because it's obviously life or death. Eternal life, eternal death for the people that I love that are right around me in darkness. And God's put me on a lampstand and said, you're the light. When I first hear you're the light of the world, it's really hard for me because I'm like, okay, maybe this is you. Scott, what do you want us to do? How do I shine brighter? How do I, how do I exert this light? Because I want people to see it, but I don't know what to do. And so I kind of studied that this week. And here's, here's more what it means. Instead of you trying to figure out how to light up and you trying to figure out how to be, you know, bright for people, here's more what the word means. This is a mirror, right? You guys all look in this every day. I'm going to get some of you guys ready. Here's more what that word means. Not try to figure out how to be light. But as Christians, you and I are called to reflect the one who is light. So instance, you got these lights up here right now. They're reflecting. They're shining down on me. I'm not shining at all. I'm, I'm down, if you turn these lights off, it's dark. I got nothing. There's no lights coming out of me, but there's lights shining on me. And when, and when this mirror is pointed at the light, you get light. It's like the moon, right? The moon is dark. The moon's got nothing. The moon is like this orbiting thing that has nothing. But when it, the sun shines on the moon, you and I get the full moon. You get the twilight. You get the, the you know, the, you know, ooh, look how beautiful the moon looks tonight. And it looks like it lights up. But all the moon is doing is reflecting the sun. As Christians, I'm not called to figure out how to be a light. I'm called, how to, I'm called to figure out how to set and rest in the light and reflect that light. That's, a, that's like a game changer. But the problem is, most of us walk around like this. 
And our whole life is pointed at other things. Our whole life is pointed at my boyfriend and my girlfriend. My whole life is pointed at my desires and my will. My whole life is pointed at Facebook and and my social networking life. My whole life is pointed at doing whatever's best for me. And so there's no light coming out of me because my mirror, my life isn't pointed at anything that makes light. My life's pointed at darkness. Stuff changes when your light, when your, your, your life is pointed and, and directed towards the light. You reflect light. I wanted to have a, a way to, to kind of illustrate for you the darkness that you and I live in. And I don't, if you come to Hope for any length of time, you've heard this. Through studies we've done and other churches in the Valley have done, we say this, that Las Vegas is most likely like 95% lost. Here's what that means. 95% of the two plus million people that live in Las Vegas do not have a relationship with the light, with Jesus Christ. And so if they die tomorrow, they spend forever apart from him. And that's not his will for them. But because of sin and hurt and pain and death, they're in the darkness right now. And so I said, okay, that's cool. You know, students live in Las Vegas or Henderson or Green Valley, whatever. But how do I make that more real to them? And so I I looked at six schools that most of you go to. And you like me, kids, you know, just hang in there. Because there's some darkness in your school. I've talked to Brad Blakely. I've talked to those guys. We're good friends. There's some darkness in a Lake Mead Christian Academy. A lot of darkness. So don't just write what we're about to show on the screen off. And whatever school you go to, it's not on the screen. It's probably about the same. But here's what I want to do. I want to show you for Coronado, for Silverado, and for Liberty High Schools, for Schofield, for Silvestri, and for Del Webb Middle Schools, How many people are in your student body? So go ahead and put that on the screen. These are, I pulled these from Clark County School District, so you might know a different number. But this is Clark County School District. says that Coronado has 3,000 students, Silverado 2,500, Liberty 2,000. Del Webb has 1,800 students, Sylvester has 1,600, Schofield has 1,400. So what does that mean, Scott? That means that's a lot of kids. That's a lot of kids. A lot of students in junior high and high school within five miles of where we sit tonight. And so I said, okay, well, if if 95% of Las Vegas is lost, what if 95% of these schools are lost? So what I'm going to do now is we're going to put on the screen the number of lost kids that you, if you go to one of these schools or a school just like it, Green Valley High School, Las Vegas Academy, wherever it may be, Greenspun, these kids are lost. And if you call yourself a Christ follower, you're a light reflecting the Son of God in that darkness tomorrow. Go ahead and put that on the screen. At Coronado High School, there's 2,850 students that have no idea who Jesus is. 2,300 at Silverado, almost 2,400. There's 1,900 at Liberty, 1,700 at Del Webb, 1,500, 1,300, you guys get it. 
So within five miles of where we sit right now at six schools that the majority of you go to, there's 11,685 students that have no access to a relationship with God tonight. Dude, that's darkness. And we walk around with our lives pointed at more darkness. My relationship with this girl or this guy or the getting into this school or, or, or everything that I want to do tomorrow or Friday with the red cups and beer pong and everything else that's going on at all the parties is darkness, darkness, darkness that I want to gauge my whole life in. When Jesus is saying, no, 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 reflect the light because there's a whole bunch of darkness around you. And I've set you up as my children as lights in a dark place at Coronado High School. And so tonight I'm going to put, ask you three questions real quick. And we're going to break up into some groups and talk about it. How do, we, in, how do we make this stuff tangible? Man, Scott, how do I take this, put it in my pocket, and walk out into these dark places tomorrow? Well, I think it starts with asking yourself a few questions. If, if, if we really believe Christians should do these three things, shut up, light up, and stand up, how do I do that? How do you shut up? Ask yourself this question. What's your reputation? I'm not talking, listen, squash this bug right here. I'm not talking about, are you the popular kid? I don't give a rip if you're the popular kid. Jesus was the very much unpopular kid. I'm not saying, you know, the whole football team like you. I'm saying, what's your reputation as a person? I think there's a slide for this, Ethan. Maybe not. Do people see you as a complainer? Somebody who just gossips, talks nonsense, whole life is invested in the things that don't matter? That's how you shut up as you answer those questions, honestly, in your heart. How do you light up? Ask yourself in your heart, honestly, because you can't lie to yourself and God. How do you light up? What is your life pointed at? Today, when you walked in here, what was your life pointed at? Who or what are you reflecting? We're all reflecting something. It's probably just more darkness in a lot of cases. Sometimes for me, it's just more darkness. Throw my whole self, my whole life into stuff that doesn't matter. What is your life pointed at? here's how you stand up you ask yourself have I realized that this Christ thing that I claim is not just a Facebook you know option it's not just something when people ask me what religion I am I say I'm a Christian what's a life thing Paul hates Christians early in his life Jesus blindsides him and says stop it I put you as light in a dark place. And then many years later, he writes to the Philippians in chapter 2. I'd give my life so that you would understand that Jesus is the only thing that matters eternally. I'd give my life right now 
for you to understand that you were created for a relationship with God and all this other stuff you're surrounding yourself with is garbage and it doesn't matter in light of eternity. So here's what I want to do. Tonight, I just want to pray for us. Because here's the reality. Some people in here, you're a poser. And I don't say that because I'm, I'm going to be a jerk to you. But you maybe look the part, but when you kind of listen to the stuff we're talking about tonight out of Philippians 2, you're like, dude, that ain't me. And the reality is you might need to give your life to Christ. Like you might need to get saved. You might need to really say, God, it's more than a you know, Facebook thing. It's more than what I tell people when they ask me what religion I have. I've never actually had a relationship with you. It's just something I talk about. But it's not really true for me. So I'm going to be in the back, just like every week. I'm going to go in the back. And that time is for maybe you just want to pray. Maybe it's, you're just burdened for how many lost people are at your school. And you would just like somebody to pray for you and to say, God, give them power tomorrow. Holy Spirit, breathe out of them tomorrow. At Coronado, when they're walking into a school that has 2850 lost people. Or maybe tonight you're like, dude, I'm, I'm a poser. It's never been real. I've faked it for a long time. I got the big baggy pants and I got the big balloon shoes and I got the skateboard with some scuffs on it, but it's not real. It's not real at all. I'd love to talk to you. That doesn't make you weird. That makes you honest. So maybe that's you tonight. Come to the back. Let's just pray. Let's just talk. Maybe you just want to be prayed over as you walk into school tomorrow.